Welcome to the Starkville State of Mind Podcast. Here is your host, Justin Strawn. Welcome to the very, very first episode of the Starkville State of Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Strawn, formerly of MarinoWhiteNation.com and formerly of For Whom the Cowbell Tolls. We'll talk a little bit about my decision to go ahead and step down from those positions here in a little bit. Uh, but for right now, though, I want to go ahead and just let you know that we do have a good show lined up for you here in the debut issue of Starkville State of Mind. Before that, I do want to tell you about our sponsor. The show is presented by Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, Mississippi. It is a wonderful golf course. If you've never been to it, if you've been in the Memphis area and haven't gotten a chance to get out there, especially if you like to golf, I highly recommend you do so. It is a wonderful course. My son and I, we play there all the time. We probably do 90% of our golfing at Cherokee Valley there in Olive Branch. So if you're in the Memphis area, you're just coming through for business or whatever it may be, you're visiting family members, head on out to the golf course. Uh, play around or if you just need to practice get some uh practice swings in they've got some great they got a great driving range got a great chipping range uh putting greens are fabulous so just all kinds of different reasons why you need to be taking your golfing game to cherokee valley golf course when you go tell cody and whoever is at the pro shop that i sent you out there i let them know that that you're a listener to start real estate of mind and like i said just tell them that i sent you and they'll hook you up they'll get you taken care of all right, now it is time to jump into the show. Got a few things to talk about. It is Thursday morning. I'm recording this on Wednesday. I'm not releasing it, though, until Thursday because I'm going to try to hopefully get everything set up for you guys, for those of you who don't like to listen to things on SoundCloud. I know a lot of people uh, have problems with SoundCloud. I'm using it because it's a relatively inexpensive way for me to uh, get things set up in terms of getting the podcast out to you guys. Uh, so I'm using SoundCloud. If you use SoundCloud, you can follow the show there. Uh, just simply go to SoundCloud and look for Starkville State of Mind. You will find the show there. You can subscribe to it. You can do whatever it is that they do on soundcloud uh but i'm saving it for a day because i'm hoping that after i save it for a day it'll give uh google play it will give apple itunes it will give uh SoundCloud, I'm sorry, Spotify, an opportunity to get caught up, and that way you can get through there. I, I know a lot of people don't like SoundCloud, so it is available through Apple iTunes. If you get your podcast through iTunes, just go to the podcast app and do a search for Starkville State of Mind. I'm hoping by the time that you're listening to this that it will be available there. You can subscribe. Please leave me a review. Do all those wonderful things for me. So that's one way that you can do it. If you are if you prefer to go through Google Play Store, you can get it that way as well. Once again, just go on to the Google Play Store, search for Starkville State of Mind, and they will you should be able to find it. By, I'm hoping, like I said, by the time that you listen to this, that it will all be set up. And the same thing for Spotify. Uh, th- those, are the only pr- uh, those are the only platforms I have. So I've got four different platforms. I'm hoping that between one of the four, I've got one that you like. And like I said, I'm trying to take care of you guys. For those of you who listen and who have been listening for a long time, I truly do appreciate it. All right, now time to jump into the show. Let's start. Let's start with the bad news first. I guess let's start with men's basketball. Mississippi State does lose to Tennessee, seventy-one to fifty-four on Tuesday night. It was not a pretty performance to say the least. The, for the first game, really all season, Quindary Weatherspoon did not play well. And if he doesn't play well, I don't know that Mississippi State's ever going to be able to win. Uh, they need him to be the consistent player that he has been pretty much throughout his entire career. A guy who you could always, almost always count for like you know 14 to 17 points. He's taking it up another level here in 2019. He's taking it to a level where he's getting you know almost 20 points on average per night in SEC play. 
and they just didn't get that from him last night. Uh, on and they just got nothing else. I mean, they're not getting anything from Lamar Peters right now. Lamar Peters is playing really poorly. They've got to get some. They've got to get Q his normal, regular production, and they've got to get something from somebody else. Reggie Perry had a decent game. He had a double double, which is good. But I mean, it just wasn't enough. Look, here's the deal. Uh, Mississippi State was always going to lose that game. They. Uh, they're a bad Tennessee's just a bad matchup for Mississippi State. They didn't play well against Tennessee last year. If you recall, uh, Tennessee came to Starkville and absolutely blew the doors off of Mississippi State. Now the state did play them better in the SEC tournament and had a chance to win that game in the second in their second game of the SEC tournament. But for the most part, Mississippi State has just not played well against Tennessee. They're a bad matchup for them. So I was never really expecting Mississippi State to win. It's a little disheartening that they couldn't put up a better fight than they did. But I don't think it's some grand referendum on where this program is at. People were freaking out on Twitter on Tuesday night because the team was playing so poorly. It's Like I said, it's just I wasn't expecting Mississippi State to win, and it didn't surprise me that they lost. It didn't surprise me really that they lost badly. Uh, I was hoping they put up a better fight, but I wasn't really expecting it just because, like I said, it's a bad matchup for Mississippi State. Now, what's left? The main thing is, I don't like I said, I don't think that game means much of anything. As long as you beat Texas A&M on Saturday, and we'll talk more about that hopefully tomorrow. I'm planning on doing a preview show for uh, the men's game on Saturday and for the SEC tournament for the women's side. But if you, as long as you beat. Texas A&M, and if you can at least get one win in the SEC tournament, you're probably looking at a six or a seven seed, and you're okay. I mean, it's a little bit lower than you would have liked at the beginning of the year, but for the most part, that's a successful season. The problem we have with Mississippi State's men's team right now is we are still being colored, just like it was last year. When Mississippi State lost to Ole Miss there, I think in the second or third SEC game of the season, that completely colored the way we looked at the rest of the season. Last year, they had a pretty solid team. They The problem that they had last year was their non-conference was just so pathetic that they they had almost no room for error to get into the NCAA tournament, and it worked out where they, they didn't make it in because they just – they had – they – we're a good but not a great team. And if you're going to be a good, not a great team, you better have a strong non-conference schedule to get you an NCAA tournament. And they didn't have that. But when they lost to Ole Miss, everybody kind of got down on the men's team and they kind of gave up. They eventually came back towards the end of the year, but it was too late by the time that the season was over for people to really get invested. The same thing is kind of happening again this year. Mississippi State goes out, loses to South Carolina on on the road, loses to Ole Miss at home, and people have kind of been soured on this team ever since then. And I understand that it's frustrating and that we've been through this, you know, horrible cycle of men's basketball for the past ten years. But if you lose, if you win those two games, if if you had taken care of business in those two games, you're looking at a team that was assuming that they can beat Texas A&M on Saturday. They would be at, let's see, I'm trying to think. Uh, they would be at 25 and six on the regular season. Uh, yeah, no, 25 and seven, 24 and seven on the regular season, and 12 and six in SEC play, and would 
be pretty much solidly locked into the number four spot in the conference, which is where they were predicted to finish. But because of the fact they lost those two games, we're still just kind of in a situation where people just have a, the, those two games have really colored the way this team has played. Because everything else ever since then has gone pretty well. I mean, yeah, you lost Kentucky. You, lo- you lost Kentucky twice. You lost Tennessee. Uh, but for the most part, you've kind of done what you expected to do ever since then. You've beaten some good teams, and you've had chances to beat – some of these other teams. I mean, you had a really good chance to beat LSU. You just blew a 10-point lead late. You had a chance to beat Kentucky in Sartreville, but you just couldn't get over that big, huge hump that uh, you put your – that big, huge hole that you put yourself in. You had a chance to beat Alabama at Alabama, but once again, you drug yourself in too big of a hole. The only two games that Mississippi State really has not been in and hasn't been competitive in was that first game against Kentucky. And if we're being honest, they had closed that gap down to three points at one time in that game. And the game this past Tuesday night against – the Tennessee Volunteers. Those are the only two games that Mississippi State has not really been competitive in. So this is a good team. They've got a chance. They've got a chance to make some noise. It just depends on what's going, who's going to show up. If Lamar Peters doesn't give us more than what he's been giving, I don't see them making it to the second weekend in the NCAA tournament. But if he can ever get back on track, I think they've got a chance to you know make it to the Sweet 16. But it's going to depend a lot on him. But we'll look more at that later on. But like I said, it was a bad performance. Nobody enjoyed watching that. It was tough to swallow. But like I said, it hasn't really changed anything for me. This team I thought was always going to lose that game, and they did. So, all right, let's look at some more positive stuff. Let's go ahead and turn our attention to the women's basketball team. They did repeat their SEC championship. They won their outright title against South Carolina this past Sunday. Not going to get into that game. But I do want to talk about some of the things that uh, happened in terms of postseason awards for the Bulldogs. Uh, Tierra McCallum was named the SEC Player of the Year. She was named the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, coach Vic Schaefer was named the Co-Coach of the Year along with Kentucky's coach. Uh, also joining Tierra McCallum on the first team All-SEC team was and Real Howard, uh, she was also a first-team All-SEC player. And also joining her on the first-team All-Defensive team was Jazz Holmes. Now, the, probably the only gripe I truly have is the fact that Jordan Danbury was not included in an All-SEC team. That's, she was a, she could take over games at times. She didn't do it every single time, but there were, there were games where if she, she was getting to the hoop – then she was. There was very few things that people could do to stop her. I mean, she was averaging double figures. I really thought she deserved a spot on at least the second team, but she didn't get it. So, uh, but congratulations to Terry McAllen, who, like I said, is the SEC Player of the Year, which isn't a surprise. But I find it interesting. I just find this really interesting. Mississippi State and South Carolina have kind of gotten a rivalry going in women's basketball, but it's really interesting to me that South Carolina fans have not let Aja Wilson go. They have not. I mean, on Sunday, when Mississippi State was up by like 10 points in the fourth quarter, now then South Carolina did cut the lead down, but when Mississippi State was kind of cruising there for a little while in the fourth quarter, South Carolina fans started chanting, age is better, age is better, age is better. Really? She's not even on the floor anymore. Look, I get that. I understand that she's a beloved player in South Carolina history. I get that completely. But... She's not there anymore. I mean, it'd be like Mississippi State fans. I mean, we love Dak, and we should love Dak. He has taken the he, he got the program to new exposure levels. He's taken it to a, a level that had never been while he was there. Being the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is one of the most prominent sports positions that there is in all of sports, and 
you know, we're proud of him, but that would be kind of like in 2017 when Ole Miss was beating Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl if we were chanting Dak was better at Jordan Tayami. We, we we don't do that. I mean, I remember when I was looking through the Twitter uh, the Twitter profile of the SEC or SEC Network, one of the two, and they you know they showed where Tierra McCowan was you know defensive player of the year, first team All SEC uh, player of the year, and there was a fan who put a, a gif of Asia Wilson just laughing hysterically, and as a reply to it. She's not there anymore. Okay, it's I don't I don't get that. Okay, like I said, hang her hang her jersey from the Raptors. She's probably the best player in South Carolina history. If I had to guess, I don't know that much about South Carolina women's basketball, but my guess is she's probably going to go down as the greatest South Carolina women's player ever. Hang her hang her jersey in the Raptors. Retire her number. Give her an incredible ceremony because she did a lot for that program. But she's not there anymore. Continue to bring up Aja Wilson. This year, when she's not playing for the Gamecocks, it, I don't understand that. I, I do not understand that at all. So, I don't know. anyway, you do you, I guess, South Carolina fans. So, all right, uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and go on to uh, the baseball team. Baseball team is rolling right now. Mississippi State, as you are well aware, on Sunday went to Frisco, Texas, and won two games in the Frisco Classic. They didn't get the third game in because of the frigid temperatures, but the big one was obviously they beat Texas Tech. JT Ginn continues to impress. Ethan Small does too, but the fact that JT Ginn has now done this against two really good lineups against Southern Miss and against Texas Tech, he has really shut those two offenses down. That's the that's the reason people are really being impressed by what JT Ginn is able to do is the fact that he's done this against some really solid competition and he's not pitching like a freshman. Look, we kind of expected him to be good, but I don't know that we expected him to be this good this early. You know, he's still a freshman. There's still a, a learning curve to go from high school to college. So you, you thought he might have a few bumps in the road. He might still. I mean, he's only p- pitched in three games, and he's probably got about uh, probably – uh, 16, 17 more starts, if I had to guess. No, no, not that many. And he's probably got about 12 more starts, 10 or 11 more starts before the season is over. And he could have a few bumps in the road along the way. But as of right now, he's not. And he's just pitching really well. Mississippi State was 10-1 and after that weekend. They had a huge midweek game. I'm, look, I'm not going to – this is before they play Arkansas Pine Bluff. I'm assuming they're going to beat Arkansas Pine Bluff. But they – end up having a really big, important midweek game. You don't see this very often against East Carolina. East Carolina is a ranked team. They're probably going to be a, in the discussion as a regional host when the NCAA tournament time rolls around. They end up absolutely shutting them down. They hold them to one run. And the story of this team is the pitching. The pitching has been absolutely phenomenal. The hitting is okay. There's there's no doubt about that. The hitting is fine, but the hitting isn't excelling at the way that the pitching is. I mean, the, pit, the hitting, they're getting four or five runs a game. and But when you have an ERA, a team ERA of 1.59, you don't really need a whole lot more than one run per game, uh, four or five runs per game. The only game that Mississippi State has lost so far this year was a one to nothing decision to Southern Miss. This team is absolutely rolling along when it comes to baseball. They really are. Look, it's hard to project how far a team can go in the postseason in baseball just because of the fact that baseball can be a funny sport. I mean, Take a look at what's happened with Mississippi State and its history. Uh, in 2013, that was probably not the best Mississippi State team that we've ever had. But they were playing really well at the time, and they found themselves in the 
National Championship Series in 2013. Same thing for last year. Mississippi State probably was not the best team, one of the eight best teams all season long, but they finally figured out how to play together, and they finally figured out what was the best lineup, uh, what the how they needed to kind of approach things at the plate, how they needed to approach things like that on the mound. And once they did that, they were playing really well, and they ended up in the College World Series. On the negative side, look at 2016. Look at 1989. Those were two really loaded teams. I don't remember the 1989 team. Uh, I was only 10 years old, and I was, really wasn't into college baseball at the time. Uh, but the 2016 team, was it was the best team I've personally ever seen. And that 2016 team didn't make it past the Super Regional. They ended up getting swept by Arizona, who was just playing really well. They ran up against two really good pitchers who were who were pitching their who were pitching lights out at the time. And Mississippi State doesn't didn't make it to the Omaha that year. So it's hard to project where a team can land in the postseason. But if you had to project it right now, I mean, is this team capable of getting to Omaha? Absolutely. This team is absolutely capable of getting to Omaha. Whether they do it, who knows? But they have the talent and they have the pitching. Like I said, I think they they have enough offense right now. I think the offense will get better. Um, we've seen this. We've seen the, basically this lineup produce in the past. They did it last year, and I think they'll start producing again as the season rolls on. But the pitching is just absolutely phenomenal. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I'm not even going to do a preview show uh, on Friday for for the series against Maine. The Mississippi State should be able to win that series. And maybe they lose a the game, but I doubt that. Uh, the Mississippi State has a really good chance of going into their first conference series with Florida with if they win their next five games, which they will be heavy favorites to do so, if at 16 and one. And if they're going into conference play at 16-1, and one, they'll still have some midweek games, obviously, mixed in there. But, you know, this team is looking like a team that's going to win around 40 games in the regular season before they even get to postseason play. Uh, that's how well this team is playing right now. Look, they, they'll probably start struggling at some point. They'll probably have a series where they can't beat somebody that they probably should or they'll just go up against a team that has really solid pitching and shuts their offense down enough to be able to uh, not give the pitching enough run support. But for right now, they look really, really solid. And it's it's a lot of fun to watch, especially – I mean, Mississippi State fans, you know, we're, we're pretty entrenched in baseball. And it's a lot of fun to watch these guys uh, go out there every single day. Like I said, I'll be interested to see what JT Ginn and Ethan Small can do next week. They should be able to shut down Maine's lineup this weekend. And I, th- I think they'll da- won't have the, too big of an issue with that. But right now, you know, they're a top 10 team. And they may be, the, they might be the best team in the SEC. I think they're better than Florida. Right? At least they're playing better than Florida right now. Florida's lost some, some pretty head scratching games. But. Yeah, it, right now, if you had to, if I had to pick, I'd say it's between Mississippi State and Vanderbilt for the SEC championship. That's just kind of the way it looks at this point. So, all right, guys. Well, uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there. I am going to try to get in a preview show for Friday on Mississippi State's uh, win for the women's team when they go into the SEC tournament, and for the men's team as they take on the Texas A&M Aggies. Appreciate you guys listening here on the Start Real State of Mind podcast. Like I said, if you're in the Greater Memphis area, make sure you check out Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, and I would really appreciate it. I know they would too. So, But until next time, as always, Hell State. <laughs>